It's time for tea time. Yo, 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 what it do, what it do, what it do It is your boy Royal T and you are Talking Topics with T And you know it's Thursday so as always I'm up in here with my main man I'm in here with my boy It's your boy AD but you also know me as Deli in the house man What's the word B? Yes sir, what's going on bro? Nothing man, how you feeling today? How you? I'm feeling good you? man Let's you talk to him, talk to me Man, I'm feeling good, man. You know, we got these stogies, man. We got the drinks in the house. You yes, know what sir. I mean? You know, so you know the vibe is definitely set. Yeah, you done you done brought some uh special through here. Got me feeling like LeBron, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Brian, you know what I'm saying? Four rings. Yes, you yes. You know what I mean? Four rings. Four them thing things. Uh-huh. You know, people, you know, it's it's the haters. The haters gonna come. You know what I tell them? I, I called Brian personally, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And what I told him, I said, dude, they mad you got the fourth one, right? So that means you need to make them matter. That means you gotta go get a fifth one. A lot of people don't think he's gonna get that fifth and sixth one, but you know I got faith in it. I got faith in it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out LeBron though. Shout out the whole Lakers squad, you know what I'm saying, on winning the championship. Yeah, 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 man. Shout out to uh, City Moncrief too. What What? What the <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we're not starting this with you today, though. Hey man, let me tell we're you. Not, <laughs> we ain't starting this with you today, man. No, man. <laughs> Did you hear about that time City Moncrief beat the hell out of dude with that golf club? No, enlighten us, bro. Listen, uh-huh. enlighten us. He got a he got a um a used car dealership down there in Arkansas where he's from. So the dude came in. I guess dude wasn't happy with the ride, so he took out the nine iron out the bag and beat the brakes off of him with it. You serious? But I ain't lying. <laughs> I can't make this. <laughs> I hey, can't. What? I can't make this up. Listen, man, <laughs> it was funny. Oh no, I ain't hear nothing about that. But yeah, man, I'm uh. I'm all right though, man. I feel I'm 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 feeling good. At least I'm, I'm I'm working towards feeling better. You know what I mean? That's what's up. We got um, you know, you we we human beings. You know, we all deal with our own issues and stuff in life. And I got my own little personal stuff that I deal with. But you gotta you gotta look past it. Like I always try to tell people, you gotta focus on the positive. So that's what I'm trying to focus on. Uh, staying focused more on the positive and not looking at the negative of yeah. all the situations that's going on. You know? Yeah, 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 man. Most definitely, man. Uh, we ain't gonna sit over here and act like we ain't got two other brothers in the building. My brother Tune Corleone and C Breezy, super producer, sitting in the building with us right now too. You know what I mean? They yes came indeed. to yes they indeed. came to sit in on the Tea Time podcast. Like VIP I told you, status. This is um, we starting to be a little bit more interactive. You know, having more sit ins, making them divide more what it is, making you know just 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 connecting more with with you. You know what I mean? You know, we preach a lot about you, so I'm just trying to make sure we stay connected with the people as much as we possibly can. And this is a way that we want to bring forth. So if you ever want to sit in, or you might got something you want to talk about, uh huh. Know what to do? Visit that website www.trueyoutube.com. Send us over a message, and you know we'll be glad to have you sit in with us. Yo, man, who is Chu? Who is Chu? Yeah, you. You said connected with you. <laughs> Man, you, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean? When you run it all together, man, stuff like that, it happens, man. They know who Chu is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Chu. Okay, all right. Yeah, leave it, leave it alone, man. <laughs> but I know you had um, you had actually came in, and um, it was something that you actually had wanted to, you know, bring to the table and talk about today. So I am going to kind of let you, you know, lead the way. And I'm going to chime in based off of what you got to say today because I know it was some stuff you wanted to shine light on. All right. Well, first of all, in case people didn't know, Saturday was. Um, I got a brain freeze. Spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, what well, I tell you what, man, I got a brain freeze. Uh, wasn't it uh, social awareness? National Mental Health there Day. There you go, National Mental Health Day. Oh, my God. How did that Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was doing some searching, and I found an article, and it says 12 ways people say their anxiety has changed during 2020. So, I'm going to go down each one, and we're going to see. So, you you, you want to go through each I'm, one? I'm going to go you... through each one, man, because I want to break it down. Okay. And see which ones are effective, you know, how we've been affected by directly. Wherever the case may be. Number one, being at home used to ease my anxiety. During the pandemic, it made it worse at times. And then, you know, just quote a few things from from the paragraph. Self-isolation was harder than people would think. It's easy to assume a person living with anxiety would thrive being forced to avoid stressful situations and thrive in the comfort of our own homes. To some extent, this was a true 
pre-pandemic. But when isolation isolating isn't by choice and it's to avoid a deadly disease, it can be the cause of panic-inducing thoughts that you can't escape from. So, to me, that's the most death. I 100% agree with that because when it's all said and done, I've said time and time again on the show that one of the hardest things about the pandemic is not necessarily, well, I ain't gonna say the pandemic, well, the pandemic and the situation that we in is not necessarily about um, the disease itself for me, but it's about not having well, first certain of all, options. We're not gonna call it a disease. Okay, I'm sorry. Don't call it a disease. The virus is the virus. I'm sorry. Go. Right, right, wrong. <laughs> Just not having the option of doing certain things the way we want to do it. Okay. Like I still don't go to restaurants and stuff like that. I pick and choose. <laughs> The couple of times I've been, nobody was there, whatever the case may be. All right. But that's something I had to think about before. If it's something I decide I want to go over here and get a sandwich or whatever, that's something I would do and not necessarily have to worry about, I wonder how many people are there or, you know, put the mask on. And, you know what I mean? Those type of things. So when they mentioned in an article about being at home, that's exactly what it is. Like you're forced home now, not by choice. Right. You know what I mean? Which led to the anxiety, which I think that's what you know made and, it. And know. even in, in even in situations where you don't want to feel like you being forced to be at home, you're still forced to be at home because it's like, what is there to do? And then if there is stuff to do, but then under these conditions, you can do these things. You know what I mean? So it almost makes you like like for me that mask is hot. You know what I mean? I got a beard on my face and everything. That mask get hot. So it's like I don't want to do a lot of stuff because I know that the mandated requirement is to put the mask on. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. I'd rather just be at home in comfort or outside in comfort before I got to sit here and be hot and sweating all up in here. Glasses fogging up. Yeah, that, you know, that's, you know, you know, but you know what? That most likely will be the new norm. That's why for me personally, man, I've been sitting back trying to, um, I've been doing my research on different masks to see which ones you could breathe in. That a lighter weight or whatever the case may be. So that's something that I think we need to use because even if you know a, a, a cure came out, would you feel comfortable walking around without the mask, not knowing who got the cure, who don't have the cure? Well, they already said it's a vaccine that's coming, and it and you're gonna have to try to figure that out anyway. How are you gonna know who exactly has it and right. who exactly doesn't have it? So I know I thought about that too, and it's like, what are you gonna do for that for that process of it? Because you got without the mask, you can't even go to the grocery store. So I'm learning to adjust to the new norm, and it's not even a, you know about everybody, but it's about protecting myself. You know what I mean? But going back to the story, man, I, you know I just think that you know they hit it around the head. I think we all experienced that as far as getting cabin fever. That would right, 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 right. I can believe it. Same here. You know what I mean? That's why I just had to kind of chunk it up and say, you know what, skip this. I got to go to the gym. Right. I can't let this stop me from, because that's what it started to do. It started to hinder you and stop you from doing the stuff that you that you like to do and want to do and get to the goals that you got set out because you look at all the hindrances of things that are around. You know what I mean? Right. Okay, the second point is, early on, my anxiety got better because the bad thing I always feared what happened finally did. Then they say, not that I was predicting a pandemic, but my anxiety always got me thinking, this sinking feeling that something bad was going to happen. When COVID hit, it felt like the outside world finally matched how I'd been feeling inside, which oddly quieted my mind and gave me a sense of clarity. What's your take on that? Run that back. Run that one more time for me. Run that one more time for Early on, my anxiety got better because the bad thing I always feared what happened finally did. Then it said, not that I was predicting a pandemic, but my anxiety always gave me this sinking feeling that something bad was going to happen. When COVID hit, it felt like the outside world finally matched how I, had, how I had been feeling inside, which oddly quieted my mind and gave me a sense of clarity. Which can make sense to a certain point because that's how you start to feel... It depends on how whoever this individual is is looking at it. You know what I mean? Because the way I'm looking at it is right. With so much stuff that's going on in the world, you want that isolation. You know what I mean? So you always feel like it's something bigger going on that's not being told. You know what I mean? And then when that one thing does come out, it it's it can be scary. You know what I mean? And it can bother your anxiety, but in the same breath, you kind of sit okay with it because you it's like in the back of my mind, I always knew it was something going on. In the back of my mind, I always knew that 
something was going to happen big one day that was going to affect the entire world. I just didn't know it was going to be this. You know what I mean? And the thing about it is, it's not being prepared for it. But you not knowing when it's coming and what it's going to be, you don't know how to prepare for it. And that's where the anxiety comes in because nobody's prepared for it. I think the anxiety come in. I'm, I'm going to take it down a different avenue, man. For me, you know, I think it's more or less one of the things where you not know. It's something you can't control. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of the biggest things for me during that time where I started not being able to sleep at night and stuff like that when it first hit because I'm up all day, all night looking at the news trying to see if they can fill me in with information on what's next, how to prepare myself. You know what I mean? But what wound up happening was it made me worse mentally. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely understand what this person saying in the article because I just believe when it's something we we can't control. Like when I experienced the depression and stuff, that things were happening that I couldn't control, but I control my emotions. You know what I'm saying? But it was hard. But you can't control when you look at the news and you see all these people dying every single day in the hospitals and stuff like that. Man, that affects, especially if someone was that was close to you right. got was affected, affected by, by it. That. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So I can see how that actually could become a true statement. You know, so. But it's it's the it's the coming to terms with it. Do we ever really come to terms with it? Are we ever really going to come to terms with it? Well, no. But the thing about it, if you like, like think about what it, the the topic, the, the the beginning of the statement. Early on, my anxiety got better because the bad thing always I always feared what happened finally did. That's what we talk about, man. As far as people not always having, because that's what we're trying to work on is helping people establish a better mindset for themselves, feeling better about themselves. This is a sign of someone who may have been down the dumps a little bit and the worst fear happened. Like, man, people are dying just from walking down the street. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that from that statement, that's somebody that we're trying to reach to help them feel better about themselves. Not necessarily, you know, something they're lacking personally. It's a way of life for them. The way I see it. No, I'm with you. I'm hearing you. I'm okay. hearing you clear. All right. This a, it's a it's a learning segment today. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it's something to, to really take some tips from and learn from. It's a little different from the the usual segments that we do. Right. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? But in the same breath, it's something for me to learn from. So I'm sitting back and I'm hearing and I'm chiming in where I, where need be. Okay. Number three, my old coping mechanisms stopped working. Okay. Pre pandemic, I used coping methods to help me break through panic attacks, and a lot of the time. I used the light at the end of the tunnel technique. I would concentrate on something positive coming up in the near future and tell myself, if you can just get through this hard moment, you'll have a sister's trip coming up or it'll be okay. Your daughter started school next week. But COVID dimmed the light on a lot of the things many of us were looking forward to. True story. It's hard to True break story. free from uh -huh. anxious thoughts when you're consumed with the world falling apart and no end in sight. True story. That's deep. Because that's that I looked in that in the same breath. Usually when the school year is over with, my summer is kind of laid out on what I'm gonna do. And my summer was threw away. You know what I mean? I didn't I was kind of lost with what to do with the summer. Besides continue to work and work harder. You know what I'm saying? Just because it, there was nothing else for me to do where I usually take trips, I usually go on conventions, I usually go to certain workshops and do certain things. You know what I mean? This summer I kind of switched it up and for the first time I started to enjoy like outdoor workouts. Something I never did, you know what I mean? Like running on the track and actually going for like two miles or three, four miles on the track of running. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that I don't usually do. I go to the gym and work out, but I never was an outdoor work, you know what I mean? Person to work out. Right. So I was like, found myself doing like a lot of like tire flipping and battle ropes and running the track and stuff this summer. And I actually found an interest in it. It actually started to be fun to where I had to reprogram myself back into working out in the gym. Right. And when I'm looking at this article and they say how their old coping mechanisms have stopped working. We talking about someone who said that they would use certain things to cope with panic attacks. I definitely can understand that. I haven't dealt with panic attacks per se, but I know about it. And I know that when it comes to things like that, man, it's about routine to kind of bring things down. Kind of True thing. Story. We may go through the de-escalate certain things or whatever. True story. So like they were saying in the article, the light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like when you said about the kids going to school or whatever. Like I was looking forward to the school year ending. Also, they ended it earlier as it did, but not knowing, yeah, am I going to go back to work? Am I going to get paid? How my bills going to get paid? 
Is anybody in my family gonna get sick? Whatever the case may be, like in any, any other time, how I would cope with that? I go to the cigar lounge. You know what I'm saying? That was shut down. Or maybe me and my wife go to a restaurant or go to the movies. And that stuff was shut or down. Or take a trip. I I had a trip planned to go to the Final Four. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, Tickets right. and everything. That got shut down. That was the light at the end of the tunnel for me. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh man, you know, a couple weeks, be down there doing X, Y, and Z. Well, all that got shut down. See, and light at the end of the tunnel for me was <clears throat> the summer job that I worked. You know what I mean? Where it's not more so a job, it's more so fun. You know what I mean? It's, it's training. It's at training at the YMCA. Right. So when when going through that and seeing that that's being pulled away and that's being well, you killed two birds with one stone working at the Y. Right. Of course, because you get the you get the membership. Right. And you get the and you get to work, and then not only that, you also get to work out, and you get to train people in the same breath. Your job becomes to train people, and you get paid right an hourly wage for it versus trying to be like a personal trainer. But you don't have to do the extensive work of a personal trainer. Right, right. But yeah, that that was like the light at the end of the tunnel for me because now it it's make a way now. Now you got to figure out a different way to make a way. But then it's like, is it the light at the end of the tunnel? Because what it did was opened up my eyes to open up other doors to create what I have now. It was light at the end of the tunnel because, for the simple fact, you just discovered another light at the end of the tunnel. But that was light at the end of the tunnel because that was something you got used to and that was something you enjoyed doing. So you look at it more so like with every ending, there's a new beginning. And yeah. that being the ending, when you get through, when you get to that light at the end of the tunnel, what's past that light? And that's what I got now, is what you're saying. But that's why, yeah, and I agree with you. Uh-huh. But that's why I say, you know, but like when it comes to people like this who had panic attacks, it's not so simple to just say, oh, okay, let me try something else because it does become routine. Right. You know what I mean? So, and like I told you, my doctor told me that COVID has proven for depression to be an all-time high across the world. If you had depression before, most likely you'll get it again during the COVID because it's triggered certain things as far as the lifestyle change and things like that. All right. So what were you on? Number four, you said? Number four. Uh Uh-huh. My anxiety has intensified and it's especially bad right when I wake up. I find myself waking up anxious almost every day. It's as if the worry and anxiety is almost at the back of my mind, even when I sleep. As soon as I wake up, it overwhelms me immediately. I try to limit how much news I read and watch throughout the day. And I know that having that choice in itself is a privilege, considering everything that's going on in the world. Now, paying attention to that one, I got something to say with that one. Okay. This is where you have to start looking at the bad and look at it for the good. Because it's not going to change. You know what I mean? You can't get away from it. You can stop watching the news and looking at the, the numbers and everything, but it's here. It's everywhere. You can't go into a building without a sign on the door saying COVID or big bold letters that saying COVID, mandated this, mandated that. You know what I mean? You can't get away from it. So you got to stop looking at the bad part of it and just start looking at the good. But, but let me, let me cut you where do right you there. gain from it? Let me cut you off right there before you pick back up. I think when this statement was made, just kind of dissecting it as you're talking, I think they're referencing to like when everything first kicked in, not knowing what was what. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? So in that in that sense, then yes, it will be hard to see, to right. to, to 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 notice the difference in each. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why you know that's why it's about the way people it, how it changed their anxiety during the COVID. So I think it's more or less like before we even got to the point where we are right now, we kind of can adjust to a certain extent. Right. And know certain things of what they are, but when, you know, you think back. April, May, we had no clue what was coming. Right. Because remember, they told us, oh, in the summertime, it's going to get better because of the heat. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's kind of looking forward to warm temperatures because they were expecting for everything to die down and, then and it wanted to be an opposite. Right. You get to enjoying that heat, and now all of a sudden the numbers spike like never before. Right. So going back a, to- a, 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 a topic to number three, that was like the end of the tunnel for a lot of people. Okay, when the summertime hit, people better get back to work, open things back up, gyms open back up, blah, 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 because they said everything going to drop. That didn't happen. You know what I mean? So then that light shined in another, in another direction. So, you know, okay. It's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. Get the inside of other people's mind state. Right. So number five, with all the police violence against black people in the news, I've had to stay offline to protect my mental health. Racial injustice doesn't mix well with trauma, so I've had to do my mental illness a favor and log off of social media. It's hard because I know I have a voice and have influence, but it's absolutely draining and triggering to see people who look like me being killed in the streets. Certain murders were reminders that it's not safe to be black 
and mentally ill. That's deep. Racial injustice doesn't mix well with trauma. <clears throat> as far as mentally. So I've had to do my mental illness a favor and log off of social media. It's hard because I, because I know I have a voice and have influence, but it's absolutely draining and triggering to see people who look just like me being killed in the streets. Daniel Prude's murder was another reminder that it's not safe to be black and mentally ill. I don't know how to look at that one. For me, man, I, I, I definitely get it. And I think that was a domino effect that we've seen with athletics. How the NBA almost didn't resume after the uh, Jacob Blake Jacob situation. Blake. Right, right, right. Because people were just sick to their stomach what they seen. The George Floyd thing, people were sick to their stomach what they seen. And if you're going through, if you have mental illness, all that does is it's more of a trigger. Because that's why one of the conversations that's been had for a while now is trying to train police officers on how to deal with people with mental illness. Just because the person is flipping out don't mean they're trying to give you a hard time. It could be something going on with them as to why they're acting this way. So and it might not even be a diagnosed. Okay, now I'm with it. It might not even be a diagnosed situation, but it just in the moment of everything that I'm already dealing with, that has already triggered one mental illness. And then you allow this situation to happen. So now I'm to the point where you're looking at it in a deeper standpoint. But this could be a traumatic experience that could affect me for the rest of my life. And you don't even understand what's really going on right now. You're just looking at the behavior aspect of it and the physical that you can see. Well, look at the George Floyd thing. One of the biggest issues with him, and I'm talking about him as far as the situation, was the fact that, you know, he had a sense of claustrophobic. So that's why when they put him in, and I was looking at the tape, when they put him in that police car, and he asked, like, can you ride him back with me? You going to crack the window, blah, blah, blah. Because that's something that he had for a long time. So to them, he was just getting jazzy. You know what I'm saying? But looking back, how big of a deal would it have been to crack the windows? You right. know what I mean? Something like that, that would have made a hell of a difference because he could have been back to hyperventilating, whatever the case may be, those who experience some type of claustrophobia. You know what I'm saying? Right. So sure. when a person made a statement like they made just now, that I just read as far as mental illness and social injustice just don't mix, I completely agree because you don't know what how you're going to be interpreted by those who have the power if you step out there on the street. Right. How you're going to be looked at as. <clears throat> or just alone in life, you don't understand what a person is going through. Right. Because on top of the wor- the global pandemic that we're dealing with, along what a person can be going through. This could be the person that's being affected by the evictions. This could be a person whose routine is threw off, so now they're completely lost on what to do in life and how to make a way. And then they just find themselves in a situation where now they feel... I'm not sure what, what I'm looking for, but they feel more tension. They feel more antagonized. You know what I mean? So you're mad at the response they have instead of actually getting the help that they might be seeking. Right. And then on top of the fact, man, if you really think back on it, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Because you you more on the, on the net than I am. It seemed like once the Joy Floyd hit, that situation hit, there was so many more police brutality situations that were magnified that just slapped you left and right. So True that's story. why I look at that and I say, man, you think about some stuff that you ain't you didn't even hear about. The only thing that probably that took place before that, that really, I'm not even gonna talk about the Breonna Taylor thing, the Ahmaud Aubrey thing that happened down there in Georgia. Okay, getting killed by the two white rednecks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But once the George Floyd thing hit, because you know we had the the Garners and all that type of stuff going on, but it wasn't like every day you see two or three different videos of something going on. You know what I'm saying? Even with the even with the protesting and the marching, you see more people getting beat up by the cops and being abused then, like as if it was the fifties again. Right. So I definitely understand when they talk about as far as uh-huh. how it affected them mentally, and they didn't even want to turn on the net. Yeah, you, from- you don't even want to you don't want to hear about it. You don't want to see it just because right. that alone is a trigger now. Right. Just to hear about it. Right. It's, it's almost like Black History Month, where you got to sit here and relive why every time Black History Month roll around, you got to play Roots. You got to shine so much light on all the slave stuff. You know what I mean? Why not just shine light on some some Black history, some real knowledge? You know how many of the students that I deal with don't even know, like Thurgood Marshall, Mary McLeod Bethune, you know what I mean? Angela right. Davis. Come on now, they don't know these people. Mm-hmm. Why they don't know them? Because they're never taught about. 
But they do know about how bad blacks were hung, right. how bad they were beaten. Cotton fields, plantations, slavery. You know about that. We see this every Black History Month, but we're not really having... Black History Month should be something that should be embraced. Why do we keep reliving the trauma? Right. And it's like you're distilling it in each generation's head. Right. You're making them understand. Okay, we know as as household, we'll never let them forget. Mm. But we don't need you to keep sit here and keep airing it like it's criminal minds. You know what I mean? We ain't got to sit here and watch this over and over and over and over. You know what, though, man? And I'm, I'm pondering this as you having a conversation. I think it's more for us than it is for the youth. Because, let's face it, the youth don't give a damn. You if say they, that. If they gave a damn. They don't now. If they gave a damn, they I'm talking about that generation. You know what I'm saying? The teens and, and under mm-hmm. right now. If they gave a damn, a lot of this shit wouldn't be going on. But the thing about it is, it's really for those who really care. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, for me, one thing I look forward to, because certain channels, like, if I'm, like, there Black History Month, I watch, like, Discovery. And you'll see those things about Mary Cloud Bethune, Marcus Garvey, Frederick Douglass, that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of these youth, man, they don't care about none of that. So all that stuff they show, Black History Month as a whole, is for our generations on back. I'm just being honest with you. These, these youth don't care about that, and, man. But And so you say it in that way, but in the way I look at it is they don't care about it now. I can't really tap into my mind state to understand when I was 13, 14, 15 years old and I was ripping and running around. But I can tell you one thing. I know I wasn't out here marching for, for, for justice. You didn't have to march for justice, man, but you had an understanding of what oh, came most, before you. Most definitely. And you I believe don't have that understanding, man. I believe they have that understanding, and that's what makes them so rebellious to police. I'm not going to be scared like my dad or my uncle or my big brother was. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I got to do, and y'all going to have to catch me. Whereas we have a bow down, we have a we have a, a stop tendency. The, the red light, cherries and berries come on behind us, we pull over. Cherries and berries come on behind them, they're going to try to get away. Okay. so They challenge the authority that we wouldn't challenge. So I don't think it's more so of a forgetting, but the, the, the pattern is changing. Because the mindset is changing. The pattern is changing, but when it's all said and done, that just tells you, and I'm going to say it, man, that just tells you the ignorance of that group. That generation, I'm going to say ignorance because of this reason, man. I think back to when I was younger. There were certain things I didn't do because I learned from watching other people fail. Damn, he went there and stole that Twinkie. I'll be damned if I go to jail still the Twinkie. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, them cats like, he just was dumb to get caught. Watch me do it. They don't learn from what they see other people do that has major consequences. Right, but they actually see that... There hasn't been any change from what other people do too, so they're gonna do changes, and that could be their consequence. Give me an example. And that could be their sacrifice. It, the prime example is what I just said there now, just the, the taking the police on a high speed chase in hopes of getting away. Even if I don't get away, the fact that I did it, I don't have any rebellion behind it because I don't care. But but but, but it could be it could be stupid. But like I always preach, where all change comes sacrifice. They're willing to sacrifice so much stuff. Just to try to keep things going for their self. Things that we wouldn't do. That's what I'm saying. That, that's my point. They're not that bright. Right. It, but it doesn't have to always be bright. Because at the end of the day, what does that do? It's going to start to make change because they're going to start to see that none of them are stopping no matter what they do. So now we're going to have to come up with some kind of change. That way we don't be putting too many innocent people in harm's way. You know what the change has been? Unarmed black men getting shot. That's been the change. I know it's been going on for years, so I say change with sarcasm. But in the end, what's happening is you got too many innocent people that are getting killed because of the stupidity of those who want to steal cars and run red lights and crash into people, all that type of stuff. So you give these people a right to use force. Not necessarily, because you can see the difference in the physical aspect of an age of a, of a person within this age group and a person within this age group. So ne- not necessarily can you say that that is the sole reason. Because no, that's I said not, the sole reason. No, I'm not saying you're saying it's the sole reason, but you can't really say that that would be the result in it. Because George Floyd wasn't doing anything similar to what they were doing to get what he deserved. Correct. Well, to get what he didn't deserve. I'm sorry. I, take that. I'm, I'm, I apologize for that. You know what I mean? To get what he didn't deserve. And then when you really look in the Jacob Blake situation, yes, it's wrong. But in the same manner, 
He did open his car door, lean inside towards the bottom of the seat. Correct. So you give a you give a gesture as if you're doing something. That has nothing to do with what's going on out. What we see the youth doing now. You know what I mean? That that does that has no comparison in there. Now I can see if it's like you get grown men our age and we just rip we just riding down the street with our families and we getting pulled over and we getting killed and shot because they don't know if we're gonna take them on a high speed chase. Then I'll be with you. But I'm not gonna be with you on this one because that's not what's happening. We, it, there are reasons that we can see in some people's situations, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. But in some cases, this has no comparison to what's being, what we see out here, the rebellious of the youth that out here now, the new generation. You're proving my point, though. How? Because my point is their actions will not bring change that's better for everybody else. They're trying to play innocent play victim and of course we speaking in i'm not speaking specific to this guy i'm right, speaking right, in a right, general right. sense the actions bring a negative connotation to everyone as a whole like when we like okay let's talk about the, the actions thing of again. the police officers of what they're doing brings a negative i'm not defending the police said. no it's not a defense of that but it's like what makes what they're doing any better because whether the youth i agree is, whether the youth is doing this or the youth is not doing this we're still dealing with the same thing but i'm comparing generations of us not generations of or, or not cops versus civilians right but i i actually like the 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 young generation and i'm not looking at the the standpoint of those that are out here committing all the crimes and stuff like that but i know a young lady by the name of Bria Smith that is standing up and that's the youth. I, I get that, is, that. That's like standing up and and fighting but for what it is that she believes no, in. You got to understand something, no man. What you talking about is not wrong. But in the end, there's a majority of people. I ain't going to say majority because I don't know numbers. So let me take that back. There are a substantial amount of people. Like when this stuff goes down, like the stuff that happened with the Alvin Cole thing and Wauwatosa. Mm-hmm. First thing that they have to do is go board up the window because they know a judgment. Um, the word is coming down. And you still got people around there. What a disgrace to the family. Y'all busting windows and tearing into businesses just because. Just because. And when they show videos, it's always the young people. You know what I'm saying? But there are a lot of young people out here that are marching but you know what and that doing go- the right thing. But you know what that goes back to? What's that? That goes back to what you were just saying in the article that we were reading. You don't know what mental anxiety or anything that the young generation is dealing with. They watch their friends die left and right. Not only yeah. to police, to people in their own neighborhood, to their own friends, and they got to hold this stuff in. You don't know what they're dealing with. And then you see a cultural thing hit where it really bothers them. So you don't know how they mind programs that, what their perception gets from that to where they start to act out and they start to, to, to do things a certain way. Right. Which I definitely understand that too, but I guess I just look at it like this. Man. Of course, oppression makes a wise man oppression makes a wise man mad. That's in the Bible. Yeah, but here's my thing: when it's all said and done, I wish I had the script. Katoon, give me that script. I need to quote that. I need the scripture to quote. When it's all said and done, and like I said, I'm not putting everybody in the same. No, I don't I, want you to think you that. can't. You can't put everybody in you the know same. What I'm saying? Because me and you have done the same thing for years. We've turned uh-huh. around many guys who was heading down them paths. Most definitely, and. My mindset, me personally, I'm just throw it out there. My mindset is based on my dealings with youth who have made those mistakes. And I and I guess the reason why my mindset is what it is, because I think about That's Ecclesiastes seven and seven. Surely oppression maketh the wise man mad and the gift destroyeth the heart. Just so y'all just so I make sure I make reference to that. Good looking, bro. The reason why my mindset uh-huh. is the way it is, man, because I think back when I first started working with um, Trouble Youth which was the year 2000 mm-hmm. and I worked in a group home for 13 years from 2000 all the way till I started at St. Charles and I seen how the boys changed the mindset changed because of the system and because of opportunity I've seen when I first started working in the group home that's when Wales was open I seen guys come from Sprite, you know what I'm saying, was up there by Madison on the boot camp thing, coming in, and these guys, I would see on the street, manager at McDonald's, things like that, I would see them, they would come back, they were success stories, and slowly you'll see how things change, the system changed, I would go to the court cases and stuff like that, I would see how it changed, I'm like, well, damn, 
you basically going to give these kids opportunity to kill somebody before you say you're going to sit. No matter what else, they, they could rob somebody. Hmm? They could steal a car. They still was able to stay on the street. And then it got worse and worse and worse until you damn near knock somebody's head off. Then it's like, wow, okay, now we got to do something. So my mindset, then I take that to when I went to St. Charles. I kind of, St. Charles to me was the tail end of it. But I seen how it used to be with the youth beforehand compared to where it is now. You know what I mean? And I just seen... How and I'm not saying you're wrong in, in the way you see things, but just I just want to clarify my mindset come from because I went from a mentor to a babysitter. Even when we was at St. Charles, I felt like we touched some, we babysitted most. When had we came five minutes earlier, we would have touched most and babysitted some. Uh -huh. That's facts. You know what I'm saying? That's facts. So, you know, like the young man that you just showed me the the, the, the information on. Who's in deep trouble Five years before If he'd have been in St. Charles Five years before we got there And we were there then We would have turned that young man around Because we would have been allowed to do so But is that on us though? We're the ones we, During that time We were the ones Who led by example And they understood that Because no, no, no. the I parents mean, I mean that, that first five years Where we wish we could have We wish we could have had him Is that on us? Or is that the system that, that you're brought up in? It's, it's, it's part system, but in the same realm, the biggest eye-opener for me, man, when I was working in the group home, this is when I seen the system start to change. I seen parents come and tell their kids, hey, man, I know you got that bracelet on, but you need to get up out of here so you can go make that money because the lights got to be paid. Right. Like, I would see that. I was, I know you see what I, I'm saying? I can, I can contest factual information there. What changed was the fact that the parents were younger and younger when these things, when these conversations started happening. The parents that were older, when I say older, I mean not where the kid was 13 years younger than them or whatever the case may be. Those are the ones that treat their kids like equals. Okay. The ones where they were like 20 years older than their kid or on up, that was true authority. You see what I'm saying? So what I said and how I operated, we worked as a team as opposed to with the parents is 13 years older than the kid, 13, 14, 15 years. I'm going against the parent and the kid, so I'm just a babysitter. You see what I'm saying? So that's kind of what we're dealing with now to a certain extent because when you try to have conversations, of course there's going to be there's a lot of nice, bright people out here, man. And I feel bad for a lot of them because all they need is, and I told you this in an earlier podcast, sometimes people just need to say, here's someone, tell them you can do it. You right. know what I mean? But factually speaking, that's not happening with a lot of these situations. So what they're doing is all they know. And it's still not good for everybody. True. If I go out here and do something wrong. I know I'm black. I'm the only black person at work. In my school. Right. Three blacks in the whole district. I can't afford to go there and just. Act an ass. Because I'm trying to trailblaze. Right. But in that situation you grab that understanding. They're not in that situation to have that understanding. I, but the, but the fact of the matter is, regardless of the situation, the fact of the matter is the action. I'm not even saying, see, see, you never heard me say during this whole exchange, I never said they ain't shit. They wrong. Right. I'm just talking about strictly the action right. that's been taking place and the repercussions of the action. I never want point a finger. But you can't put the actions of a large few. In perspective for all of them. So when I say the young generation, that's because I know some scholars in that young in, that, in this generation that's underneath me. I know some scholars. I know you know what I mean the bad few that we have worked, but I understand that. But I don't put them all in that bunch because I see the vision of the others that are actually going forward. That's that's really like rebellion due to change, not just because of the stuff that they see. Because even in our generation. We have people that were doing things and they might have talked to us in the same manner that we could talk right now about everything. But in the same breath, they were out here doing whatever it is that they needed to do for their survival, whether it be right or whether it be wrong. But yet we still won't look at that in the same breath as how we look at the ones that we see out here probably taking the police on high speed chases or selling drugs or, or causing harm to innocent people in the community. We know people that have done the same thing in our generation. Yeah. 
So there's no difference in that. But it's, it's different because the, the, the learning mechanism is different, man. Like I said before, the reason why I haven't followed certain steps and as well as a lot of people that I've interacted with because we learn from watching other people go down. Like, I'm not taking that same L. Yeah, but they all don't take that same L either. You know, we eventually just, leave down we that just path. Speak, we just speaking on a select a few that we know that take that route. But there's a lot that I do know that don't take that route. I just had one of my young, my one of my former students over here today. You know what I mean? He got bought him a car. He's working. He's back in school. He's you know what I mean? Headed in the right path. And I get it. Exception to the rule, right? There's everybody has their own path that they they choose. You know what I mean? I agree. So that's why you can't hold certain actions of the youth against all of the youth. Let me ask you this before we move to the next topic. Out of the youth you didn't work with since you've been at this new spot that you at, random percentage, fifty percent over or under, how many of them do you think will be success stories in the end? Honestly, over fifty percent at the new spot that I'm at. Over fifty percent. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because they come to the spot that I'm at and they show me that they can actually be something. Because when they leave, they stay gone. They're able to, they learn something from where I'm at. They go to a traditional high school and they they succeed. That's how I know they'll be something. What do you call success? Success is the fact that you didn't get kicked out and had to come back to me. But that don't necessarily mean success. It's success if I see that you graduated because you're sending me an invitation. Right. It's success if I know that you went from being a 1.2 student to a 2.8 student. It's success there. Mm -hmm. It's success when you can come back to me and you can talk to me about a full day of school because now I actually know that you paid attention. Right. So that's how I know a success in it. Mm -hmm. And these are the students that I know. Even the ones that I know that have graduated and they might not have went off to college, but they they got babies and stuff now. You're still successful in my eyes because who am I or anybody in my generation to judge when a lot of us didn't even go to college? But we still made a way for ourselves. So in my mind, if you made it out of high school and you graduated from high school in the culture and times that we live in, you are a success story. Now, what you choose to do after that, now you've left childhood into adulthood so now that's when you've met the end of the light and now it's time for that new beginning and now let me see what you do if when i see you at the age of 30 35 years old will you be a success story but isn't that what this is doing right now is trying to create paths and change the narrative of of, of stereotype and trying to um but you can't always change the narrative if the situation isn't changed but you're part of the situation if you are because i always say we're a part of these youth life for a small period of time, very minute period of time. Is that by choice, though, or not? Because I, it I, can, I can say it's by choice it because I keep in touch with a lot of my former students. That's fine, but not everybody want to keep in touch back. I'm just saying general. Right, true, true, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say it depends. It's not, it could be by choice or it could be. But it would be by choice because if you throw the option out there and then they keep in touch with you, but you refuse to respond back to them. Or will you respond to them or will you keep in touch with, try to keep in touch with them, but they don't respond back to you? Then that's not on you. That's, that's the what same, I'm saying. That's the same as trying to tell your girlfriend to do something that she don't want to do right by you. Is that your fault that she don't want to listen to you and change? No, but when it's all said and done, results going to be the same. Not really. Because just because, because she, just because they're not allowing you in their life, that doesn't mean they're not allowing somebody. No, in their I'm saying life. use the use the use the. Use the girlfriend reference When it's all said and done If she listen Or she don't listen The results gonna be the same Whether it comes from you Or somebody else right Can be or cannot be Because maybe it's just not you That's for her But somebody else can actually Get to her and make her change What the fuck we together for then If you ain't gonna listen to me That's her choice That's why it's on her To leave you alone Did you understand me That's what I'm saying It's your choice It's on her or it's on the child. If they don't choose to respond back to you and keep in touch with you and go on their own path, that's on them. Maybe they want to learn from somebody else. That's the same breath with her. I just got done putting the status up like that. If she was dealing with another dude, that means she ain't for you. She was never for you because she feel like she need to learn or gain from somebody else. Okay, well, then that's what you need to do and keep me out the picture. So what's she dealing with another woman? I need to be a part of that. <laughs> uh-huh. You ain't nothing, man. Yeah, we got to learn together. All right. <laughs> This is good. Number six. Where we at? Right. Where we at? The weight of my responsibilities, both as an individual and as a member of my community, feels especially crushing now. As someone with anxiety, I already feel an unrealistic and heavy responsibility on how my actions and words affect others. I spend a lot of time rethinking what I said, what I did, and how I reacted. These thoughts often cause a lot of self-scrutiny. And that pre-pandemic, now the weight of my choices felt astronomical. It feels life or death because it is life or death in so many ways. 
that's definitely true, man, because we had a conversation a few weeks ago on the show about how um No, I was trying to tell dude in the background that got so much to chime in. Oh. Or you can chime in on the comments if you want to, bro. It's we up to you. But you know, he could hop on the miggity 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 mic, mic, mic. Oh, I see him, but I'm 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 in conversation mode. Man. You feel what I'm saying? See, man, <laughs> that's what happened. You dealing with Leroy over there? Uh huh. Uh huh. Leroy over there? Uh huh. Leroy <laughs> over there? Uh-huh. He don't be paying no attention. <laughs> no, man, but I definitely understand that because when it's all said and done, man, like you know, it is life or death. <coughs> and like I said, I think these first. Rolls of comments are early on in the pandemic mm-hmm. where you didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. Right. And I think none of us knew how we how 2020 was going to play out. And that would make so much sense with the weight of my responsibilities, both as an individual and as a member of my community, feels especially crushing now because, right, it's out of your control. There's nothing I can do. You know what I mean? That's, a, that's how a person starts to feel. You know how you usually feel like it's something you could do? You see five kids outside playing. You can go outside with the football and you just might make their day because you're playing catch with them. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Because the rules that are out here right now, quote unquote, is wear a mask and stay six feet apart and only really pretty much be around immediate family. So that makes it so hard for people to even trust one another anymore. You know what I mean? Because everybody's looking at each other now at in the in the standpoint of, I don't know who you've been around. I don't know what you got. I don't know what you got going on to the point where even a sneeze is like HIV now. That's why when they say the weight of my responsibilities, you just touched on it. What was your number one priority? When this thing first hit, make sure your family was safe. Mm-hmm. Make sure your children was good. You know what I'm saying? Make sure they don't catch anything or whatever the case may be to the best of your ability. Right. That's the way you're responsible. Because when you look at the news and you see certain stuff going on, you know what I mean? You're going to sit back and say, hold on. I need to take different type of precautionary measures. What you mean? Because you didn't know what to do. You didn't know how to handle certain things. You know what I'm saying? But then when it came into effect that this is real, this ain't no joke, then you said, okay, y'all, we do got to wear these masks. Because before, they made it like the math was optional. They're like, you know what? We need to wear these masks. You know what? Maybe we do need to stay in the house. Forget going to the park. Because when the COVID first hit, I ain't going to lie to you. I, when I was off work, I used to go walk by the house at a little park. And I still seen people with their kids at the park on the tot lot and all that type of stuff. When it's like they said you shouldn't be doing that because you're spreading germs. Right. So I'm sitting back like, okay, this is real because they just have reckless abandon when it comes to everybody else. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I mean. As a parent, you sit back and say, okay, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. You probably did more ghost shopping than you ever did in your life during that time. Still doing it. More cooking than you ever did in your life. Still doing it. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? You just spent more time at the crib than you ever have in your life since you was a baby. You know what I'm saying? Real talk. So that's the adjustment that was made that's as a parent. That's Young chiming in with us, man. He finally came and, 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 and showed face. You know what I mean? We want to thank bro for coming in. And he rocking that, you, you, you dig. You know what I'm talking about? True to you. You know what I'm saying? Get your shirt at www.truetoyou2.com. That's true, number two, Y-O-U, number two.com. Where your shirt at? <laughs> My shirt. I got two shirts. You know what I'm saying? My you ain't got it on. Wait till you see these other shirts about the roll uh-huh. out, though. Anyway. What? Yeah, back to what you're talking about. Yeah, tell me what, what you got to talk about, man. You got I want you to, uh, I want AD to say that last point he was saying about that uh, anxiety and everything. That last point you brought up. All right, let me pull it back up, sir. It said, the weight of my responsibilities, both as an individual and as a member of my community, feels especially crushing now. And like I said, I think these comments were made like early on during the pandemic, like around maybe, you know, March, April, May type deal. And see, I think I was actually talking about one more up because you was talking about the way anxiety made people feel. Okay. That's where I was coming to. uh, With all the police violence against black people in the news, I had to stay offline to protect my mental health. Yeah. Or my anxiety has been intensified and is especially bad right when I wake up. And that's facts. Right. And I came to chime in because I suffer from anxiety. Right. And uh, that's the reason I do stay away from the news. Right. That's the reason uh, if I'm watching TV is just to see my sports, you know what I'm saying? Right. My music. Because we're living in sensitive times right now. And uh, it's different. You know, we're in different times. This is all strange. 
for right. all of us. Right. Like you said, this is the most we've been in the house since we were made to be in the house. Right. You know what I mean? So, as someone that suffers from anxiety, yes, this situation definitely brings it out of you. And uh, it's not a comfortable situation. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's not a comfortable situation. Um, and it's never going to go back to normal. Right. That's the whole thing about it. So, me being me with the situation I have, I have to figure out now how do I deal with my anxiety in these new, this new way of life. You know, learning I mean? how to adapt, and that's all it's about. You got to go back to some, to some of the, some of them, some of them previous ones. You know what I'm talking about that we was talking on. It's about adaptation. Say that again. Say that again, bro. It's a purpose behind all. Oh, it's a purpose behind everything. It's been foretold for years, man. I heard a, her person in the stock market tell me this is gonna happen. This is all the new. The new world is here, fam. That's why we know it's not going back. This is what. This is this is it now. This is the new world. The new world that has come to take place. And what what were we just uh, researching the other day when we was all over? We here? we sat down. It's a theory with the with numbers and years. Yeah, we sat down and we went through. 2012 to 2019 and the number and we start at 2012 and we go into 2019 just because of number seven and number seven is the number of completion why do we start at 2012 though because 2012 remember the world was supposed to end oh yeah remember when 2012 right so then right the mayan calendar so let's start that at at being year one since that's the the end end of the tunnel right Right. so if it's the end of the tunnel that means it's the new beginning so 2012 being the end it means something started there right so when you go there and you go seven seven years from there you end in 2019 but when you look at all the disasters and all the major uh things that hit globally from 2012 to 2019 it was so much violence and chaos in the world in that time period that it built. Okay, you said 2012. Okay, 2012 to 2019. It was so much violence and chaos in the world that leads you into 2020, where now it's like separate. And that's where the numbers come in because from 2012 to 2019, that's seven years. Everybody knows seven uh-huh. is like the perfect that's number. The perfect number of completion. Number. Yep. Right. But 2020 makes the eighth year, and the number eight. Is the number of new beginnings. New beginning. So now look, now we're in a whole new. We're, we're living not. differently. So this is the start of a new beginning. Yep. Nothing is the same anymore. The way we live, the way okay. we go about doing stuff, everything is different now. So then, what is it? It's always going to be a. It's always going to be a why, bro. Do you know the why? It's all. What's the why? You can't have flying fucking cars, battery powered cars, self driving cars, drones. Technology uh-huh. and not a way to implement this shit. I'm Amazon is the richest man on the planet and ain't even have a fucking facility like Walmart. Uh-huh. Why do you think Walmart is getting rid of everything? Uh-huh. Their shit's turned to warehouses. Right. Work from home. Uh-huh. Facts. Teach your own kids. You see what I'm saying? A lot of shit we should we've been complaining about that we should be able to do on our own now. Facts. Now we can teach our own kids black history. Uh-huh. Where we come from. Come on now. Real mathematics. Uh-huh. But as soon as it hit, what people do? Oh, y'all wrong. Get your kid, get our kid. We ain't got time. Uh-huh. I'm with you when you're right. I'm with you when you're right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So if people don't adapt, they gonna fall by the wayside. Uh huh. Because you ain't have a choice but to adapt. If you, you, if you want, if you want to succeed, except the wheat from the strong. And that's what it all comes down to. It all comes to adapting to the change. The wheat and the tears. But the problem is, man, there's so many people that don't believe in change. That's why they left behind. Because they believe in the norm. That's yeah. what I was talking about earlier. They're scared of change stuff fear. like that. It's the fear of change. They're scared of change. Yes. They want That's to stay because when things go differently than what you know, you have to get uncomfortable before you can get comfortable. And nobody change is like, always uncomfortable. And nobody like and people are don't like to be uncomfortable. They because they be don't know how, there you go. There you go. Especially in lazy America. Because they conditioned you to be this way. They conditioned anxiety. They conditioned depression. They conditioned stress. Right. It's like a baby. They put those things to the forefront. They gave you everything. That's why every death is labeled COVID. Uh-huh. Everybody fear COVID now. I can't uh, come on now. The person looked at me like, my, I ain't have skin on my face. I said, oh, let me put my mask on. I see you. So come terrified. on now. You can't sneeze. You I can't, can't do nothing. Hey, the thing that you killed me. Fart, the you thing can't that, do nothing. The thing that. The thing. <laughs> <laughs> With a whole glass in front of his podium. That's right. not safe. That's now, not t- safe. Now, make it make sense, preacher. Make it make sense, preacher. 
What? I bet, I bet he had a glass room when he passed that collection plate around. Hell <laughs> no, it wasn't no covering over he that. He used no gloves. And they ain't got that money with no gloves on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you, you're not lying, man. It's all about adapting to the change. We're going we gonna to touch base. I think we left off on number six. Yeah, you know I just want to so add to that right quick, though. Oh, go ahead. My okay, bad, just pick back off what Toon said when he first came on. So let me ask you this. As far as with the anxiety and trying to adapt to the new, how long did it take for you personally once this whole COVID thing first took place, before, because, you know, we always isolated, before you stepped out and said, I can go visit someone now, what, like, was it a couple of weeks, couple of months, or did it ever stop for you, or was you kind of picking and choosing where to go? How'd that work? Um, It's a little of both of the latter things you said. Right. Choosing where I'm going, and it never stopped. Right. Like, because, like I said, it never stopped, but with it never stopping... I didn't go any and everywhere. You made adjustments. I, kept the, I made the crowd smaller. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of all the homies coming over, just the homie come over. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And if it's nice, we might sit outside. We might sit outside. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But with this anxiety with COVID, man, the biggest problem is the change. The biggest problem with anxiety is having these masks on and you can't breathe. Uh-huh. And it makes you have anxiety attack. Makes uh-huh. you have a panic attack. Just because of the mask. I uh-huh. hate it. And imagine me, I work in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to the brothers out there that just got a job. I'm, I'm, Shouts I'm out to all my brothers out there that's working, mm-hmm. working hard. But guess what I got to have? Hardly working. A mask and a face shield. Mm-hmm. With the headphones to protect my ear and the glasses all right. hanging off my ear. That's just too much, man. So at the end of the day, my ears are sore back here. like Right. But back to the anxiety, I can't take that at work. That breathing in that mask, that hot air from myself, then the hot air from the machines, then I'm sweating. Right. That's a lot. It's a, you know. And I work in a school, man. So, you know, we there five days a week. So, the mask is mandatory. So, I think mandatory. I mentioned I mentioned a few weeks ago, because they gave us the face shield to wear. Man, I wore it the first day for about 20 minutes. Man, I was sweating like a government mule. <laughs> so, I went online, man. And I seen that Dr. Fauci said that you could wear goggles. You know what I'm saying? As long as they goggles for the... Because they say a lot of chefs are wearing goggles as well. A lot of medical personnel wearing goggles now instead of face shields. Okay. So if I wear, I wear the goggles. They lightweight. They don't fog up. You know what I'm saying? Just to protect my eye. Because they said the eye is the most precious part to get it. And see, that's the thing about it. In manufacturing, we got to wear the goggles, the mask, and the face shield. The whole shebang. That's just... Man, that's a lot, bro. With some earmuffs to protect your hearing that's like these headphones. Right. That's a lot. All right, I'm hitting number seven. No, 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 man. We're going we to we we get to that. We're going to wrap this thing up. You know, we don't like to bore our people, man. We, we running, that time running, you know what I'm talking about? So we're going to make sure we pick up on that, leave it at number seven. Because that way, once we talk about number seven, seven, eight, nine, and ten, then we'll be able to dive a little bit more into conversation on It goes to 12. Oh, shit, that's going to be even better. That's a two-part segment then. So you're going to catch the, you're gonna have to catch the, the other part. Uh, with the other six, that's going to be the next episode that we post behind this one. Um, so make sure you tune in and follow up. We're just trying to get some help, shine some light, because we know in these households out there that there's a lot of people that's battling this anxiety, a lot of people battling the stress, depression, and there's a lot of people out there that's not even understanding and uh-huh. noticing when they are going through anxiety, depression, stress, any type of mental illness, and that's the reason uh-huh. why we do these conversations that we're going through right now in this time of need during this pandemic, because we want to make sure that we have a voice to let you know that you're not alone. That's what True to You is all about. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Your only limit is you, but we're here to help you. It's a two in there for a reason. You have support, and that's what we're here for. Be sure to visit that website, www.truetoyoutube.com. Get in touch with us. We're more than welcome to speak uh-huh. with you. What, you got something, bro? I got one last little statement. Like you were saying, uh, that's what the two is for. Uh, all my people that's listening, if your friends are telling you they suffer from panic attacks, they tell you they suffer from anxiety, some sort of mental illness, hear them out. Do not push them to the side because that will only advance that mental illness. So please listen. Take the time out. Your friends, family, if they're going through something, all they need is your ear. That's all they need. Trust me. Trust me. From a person that suffers from anxiety, trust me. Sometimes all I need, most of, 90% of the time, all I need is an ear. And I'm better after that. And a true ear, not just yeah, 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 yeah. Right. A true ear. Right. A sincere, authentic. Right. <coughs> you know. 
So yeah. that's all I got to say on that, man. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with it, bro. You gotta, you you gotta let it be known because they don't, they don't always know. We live in a selfish generation. Man. I think I brought that out on the last podcast I was on. This generation is selfish as far as, you know, caring for the next brother. You know what I mean? I just inbox AD. Right. Me and him was just uh, inboxing each other, man. Talking about us brothers gotta hold each other up slash uh-huh. accountable. Because uh-huh. we're taught that that's a weakness. When you sit back and you know what I mean, you check up on each other, man, and it's not a accountability weakness, and all that. No you know weakness and correction. Correct. Uh-huh. You're 100 percent right. There's no weakness and correction. But that's what makes us better men, though. Because what makes me a better brother if I'm not a brother that's helping you be a better brother? Uh huh. That don't even make sense. You know what I mean? What What is a true friend if you're not somebody that I can really support and lean on? Can y'all answer this question? Uh huh. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I yes, am. Uh huh. So it's only right that I get on the phone and I hit day AD up. And he lend that ear in the time of need. I think what we wrapped on the phone the other day, about an hour and a half, didn't Shit, we? About two hours. Man, just chop, just chopping it up because like sometimes said, you got to get it off. But you know what else that has helped me with? It has helped me from running to that blue app with it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and spreading it worldwide. When you know you got an ear or you know you got somebody, uh-huh. that's one of the greatest feelings in the world. And Knowing just, you have someone instead of searching for someone. Right. Always. And I was just telling you, man, before Tune came through, I'm like, man, I hear Tune, man, like, Couple days after we had our rap session up here, man, just make sure everything's straight, man. You good, blah blah blah. Like I definitely did. That's just because that's just who I am. That's just you know real. That's being it's a 100. good cat. So I'm, and I said when we was on air, I'm like, man, I feel like I done know this man for years that's now. Facts. You know what I mean? So when he checked on me, he just don't know how that made me feel. Like, man, that's what's up. You know what I mean? Because that's something I needed right there and there, man. Because we don't know what each other going through, so something's good to check that. in. I didn't even know that. You see what I'm saying? That's what's happening, man. I, I and and that's as, what it's about, man. As a right. as a as a person that that stands with bro and stands behind bro and stuff, I appreciate. It, you know what I mean? Because the support system can't always be there. You right. know what I mean? Especially when you need them to be. So just because I wasn't able to tune in. You tapped in, and that right there was enough to help him get through the day. You don't know what he's going through. I don't know what he's going through, but somebody being there just lets somebody know. Not only do I got him, but I got him too. I'm double straight. And guess what? For me. Now I'm too good. Ain't and, that it? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and see, like for me, like you already know, like I ain't got no family here. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? My mom's to move back to nap and all the type of stuff like that, man. So other than my wife and my children, I look at my guys as my family. You know what I'm saying? So when we hit off that day, man, I'm like, okay, he's in the loop. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to check up on him to make sure he's good, whatever the case may be, man. So, to me, I take it personal. Most definitely. That's how I operate. Most definitely. That's the same here. Ditto. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I say something on the light note, man? Man, say what you got to say. On the, All right. On the light note, man. I pulled, do R. Kelly do it. No, ain't that, no we already talked about oh, R. Kelly. Okay. okay. I pulled up the Moncrief article. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to show too, so you know I ain't lying. Moncrief charged with aggravated I assault. Aggravated assault. That's what it's Now. <laughs> I'm going to read it because it's real short. Former NBA standout Sidney Moncrief has been arrested. And it was in 92. It's a little y'all long ago, boy. Oh, okay, okay. After allegedly hitting a man with a golf club at an automobile dealership, police say. Moncrief was booked in the Glendale City Jail Tuesday night on suspicion of one count of aggravated assault. Police spokesman said Mitch Kelsey, the victim, a 35-year-old Scottsdale man, was released. Was conducting business with Moncrief when for undetermined reasons... Moncrief allegedly picked up a golf club, struck the man twice, breaking the left arm. Moncrief was scheduled to have court appearance. What? Shout out to City Moncrief, Shout man. Out to city. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he got in Arkansas, you know what I mean? And by the name of the dude, I'm sure he's a Caucasian dude, probably trying to get jazzy with him, you know what I mean? Um, or some Italian dude, you know what I'm saying? So he said, hey, man, you ain't about to come in my gig. And try to ruin my rep he and my dealership. This is my thing. He said, wait a goddamn minute there, Rondell. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You know, well, yeah, wait a goddamn Moncrief. That's not part of the deal. That's not part of the deal. <laughs> Put the golf club down. He said, remember I was telling you about Crips and Blood? <laughs> 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 so shout out to Sidney Moncrief, Shout man. out to Sidney Moncrief. More of the story man. is, man, don't go to nobody dealership trying to tell them how to will and deal, man. They tell you it ain't happening, man. Beat it before you get beat with the 9-9, man. <laughs> Especially that's if it's Sidney Moncrief. <laughs> that's right. Because what's going to happen is... You're going to wind up in jail, and you don't have an R. Kelly. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they beat the brakes off him in the oh, jungle. Man. 
Let him really beat the hell out of him. <laughs> As always, y'all know we want to thank y'all for tuning tuning in with us here at the Tea Time Podcast. Y'all see we got the new wave, the new wave going now. So y'all make sure y'all continue to chime in, show us some love. You know what I mean? Visit that website www.trudyoutube.com. There you can get in touch with us. You know, send us a conversation. Come sit down with us. Come politic with us. Come conversate. You know what I mean? Until then, know it's true to you. Your only limit is you. I want to thank my man's AD uh-huh. for sliding in the place to be. Yes, yes, yes. And also, you can Google that redneck, that that, that hillbilly that beat the brakes off R. Kelly, what? man. And let us know what you think. <laughs> also, I want to thank my brother, Tune Corleone. Yes, Tune Corleone for tapping in and tuning in with us today, All too. About my patience. He believed uh-huh. he could fly. That's what he was doing. He threw him off that top bunk. That would have. Elbow drop. <laughs> it's, it's always a pleasure to have you in here. We also got super producer C Breezy up C in here too. Breezy, you know what I mean? Bitch. We showing love today. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Big Long guy. live RB two. Long live him. And yeah. until next time, I leave you with the acronym Peace. That's positive energy always creates elevation. Peace, love, prosperity. Snow bunny. Remember next time. Snow bunnies. Remember Google that. Snow <laughs> bunnies. We out of here, y'all. Good night. <laughs>